Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is a message brought to our church by one of the men of Moses Lake Baptist Church. We hope that it is a blessing to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. It's good to be in God's house, amen? Amen. I'm going to invite you to open in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, Ecclesiastes 3. You got Psalms, Proverbs, and then Ecclesiastes, and we'll be in chapter 3, a few verses there. And I want to be a blessing to you this morning, not only in the, the uh, service, but uh, in your life. And you know, as we go through life and we come to church and we sit in Sunday school or we take our Bibles and have a devotional time, or maybe we sit with some spiritual friends and discuss some things, or we're in a preaching service, we're there for a purpose, and we want God to use that time and what goes on there to affect our hearts and our lives because just like was said earlier and was said in this song, uh, we we seek some eternal gain. Each one of us here, if you're saved, if you're a born-again Christian, there's no doubt that in your heart and in your life, you're concerned about other people. You want your family to be saved. You want your neighbors to be saved. You want uh, you don't want anybody to die and go to hell. And so uh, out of that concern, God gives us in his word some commands and some uh, instructions to help us to uh, accomplish that and get people saved. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that uh, this morning. It is good to be have this opportunity to preach. Uh, as a, uh, be, having been a pastor for over 40 years, I know that your pastor, our pastor, Though he's gone from here and on their little anniversary trip, and they're going to be in, taking in a conference in California next week also. But while they're gone, I know that his heart yearns for you. He would like to be here today preaching. He'd like to be here uh, with fellowship for you, but it is a good time uh, for them to get away. Uh, so continue to keep them in prayer. It's also good to have Mr. and Mrs. Brian Self with us today. Where's Brian? Did you guys split up already? He just got married and now he's sick. We'll have to pray for Brian. Marriage has made him sick. <laughs> already sick of marriage. That's not good. That's not good. And pastor's not here to counsel. We're in trouble. <laughs> it's good to have them back just uh, married on a honeymoon and done with the school teaching and everything. And we're glad you're here. Uh, I want you to look at a couple of verses here in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Just read a few verses, and I'll call your attention to one in particular. Many of you have read this or heard this before, beginning in verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time for gathering stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. Again, the first verse says, to everything there is a season. 
And I want to call your attention to verse number seven. A time to rend, that means to tear, and a time to sew, put, sew it back together. The last part of the verse says, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. We pray that you'd be glorified and honored in all that's said and done here. Uh, Lord, we love you and we want to uh, please you today. Pray that you'd work in our hearts for your will according to uh, your pleasure in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. My wife and I like to watch uh, old movies and so forth and sometimes old TV series. And some of you are familiar with uh, one we've recently got started watching again, Kamish. So how many remember Kamish? Some of you, any of you? If they're okay. Some of you older folks, okay. Uh, <laughs> and you watch some of those movies and you watch, uh, you know, some of those old TV series and so forth. And if you watch any uh, police movies or detective movies, it, oftentimes they call upon uh, someone to uh, take a stand and to be a witness and to speak up because if they do, they can cap, cat, uh, catch the bad guy. And they'll, so they'll go to the person and say, come on, won't you testify? Won't you be a witness? And the person, they don't want to because they're afraid of what might happen to them or their family. And you're familiar with that type of scenario in TV shows and so forth. And uh, you watch and you think, I think in my mind, well, why don't they, why don't they speak up? What do they have to be afraid of? And then you kind of put yourself in their position. You think, well, you know, their family might be at stake or their, their, their son or their daughter might be being threatened or something. And, and you begin to understand a little bit why they have a fear of speaking up. Well, I want to talk to you today about this thing of there is a time to speak up. And there's a time to be silent. That's what the Bible tells us. A time to speak up. There is something, and I'm just going to name it today, it's called the sin of silence. The sin of silence. Some people, when they fail to speak up and they fail to be a witness, that means that guilty person can go on and murder again or rape again or rob again and do their evil deeds again because somebody did not speak up. And there's a sin of silence. Some of you remember back in the 1960s, some of, some of us remember, uh, a song called this, Silence is Golden. How many of you remember that? Silence is golden. And the guy sang about it, silence is golden. And what he was singing about is he was watching this girl that he liked. And as he watched this girl that he liked, she was being uh, mistreated and abused. And her boyfriend wasn't treating her right. And uh, this fellow was saying, silence is golden, golden, but my eyes still see. I see what's going on, but it's golden for me to sit back and not say anything. But really, silence many times is not golden. It's simply yellow. Sometimes we're just yellow. We're just afraid to speak up. The old saying says, stand up and speak up or sit down and... No, we don't say that. Be quiet. <laughs> sit down and be quiet. And so there's a time to speak up and there's a time to be silent, the Bible tells us. Acts chapter 21 through 28, you need not turn there and I'll give you a lot of references today and I'm sorry I'm not using the screens. I'm... I'm technologically disadvantaged, so we won't be using those. But in Acts, you remember as we've gone through the series on the Apostle Paul, there were multiple times where the Apostle Paul had opportunities to speak up or to be quiet, 
And he chose to speak up even though he knew it was going to cost him. He was going to end up being persecuted, whipped, thrown in jail, even stoned. His life was going to be in jeopardy. But he stood up and he declared the truth because he had it upon him to speak up for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to encourage you to do today. I want to encourage you in this fact that there is a time to speak up. Oh yeah, there's a time to be quiet. There's a time, you know, you don't have to be uh, overzealous and telling people uh, on the street corner they're going to hell and that type of thing. But there is a time to speak up to people about their eternal souls. And we see it here in this verse. There's a time to speak up and there's a time to remain quiet. The apostle Peter also recognized this truth when he failed in Matthew 20, 26 and he didn't speak up. He could have spoken up for the Lord, but you remember he didn't speak up. He denied the Lord and he said, I don't even know him. If he would have spoken up, it would have cost him. He himself might have been crucified. We don't know what the outcome of that would have been, but Jesus had warned him, hey, you're going to deny me three times. And when the testing came, when the pressure was on him, he did. He backed away and he denied Christ. And you and I look and we say, well, what a denier. What's wrong with him? But you and I would each one have to say, hey, we've been there when there was opportunity to speak up for Christ and we backed away. We're just as guilty not speaking up for Christ in times of pressure. In 1 Peter chapter 3, and I'll read this to you, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, the Bible says, but and if you will suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer. Listen to this, be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. He said, yeah, you're gonna have some fear, but do it humbly, speak up, answer people, tell them about their need, having a good conscience that whereas they may speak evil of you as evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse you for your good conversation in Christ. And he says, you're gonna have some fear, but go ahead and speak up. There's a time to speak up. There's a time to talk for the Lord Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 24 and verse number 16, we read these words from uh, the Apostle Paul. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience of, of void of offense toward God and toward men. Now what was happening here is he was before uh, Pilate, and he was before Felix, I mean the governor, and he's having to give him a defense of himself. He'd been on the carpet for preaching Christ. He'd been called on the carpet for taking a stand. And so he said, well listen, he said, I want you to know that I'm going to speak up because I want to have a clear conscience between me and God and a clear conscience between me and men. Have you ever felt guilty because you didn't speak up? Have you ever felt a kind of a shame because you had an opportunity and you let it slip by? Yeah, we've all had that. The apostle Paul there said, I don't want that feeling. I'm tired of that. I've determined in my mind that when the opportunity presents itself, when the time is there, when the opportunity is present, I am going to speak up for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he did that. He spoke the truth in love. Whenever we speak truth, this is important. 
Whenever we speak for the truth, we are speaking against error and falsehood. For example, when I hold up my Bible and I say, this is the word of God, that means that other books are not the word of God. When I say this King James Bible is pure and undefiled and you can trust it, that means that other versions are not pure and undefiled. You can't always trust them. I'm saying when we say something is true, it shows that other things are false. When we say that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and him alone, that's the only way to heaven. When we say that, that is also saying that Muhammad and Buddha or good works or baptism, those things won't get you to heaven. Jesus only is the door to heaven. So when we speak up for truth, we're also speaking against error. And the Bible tells us there in Ecclesiastes, there's a time to speak up. And there's a time to keep silent. We don't go around and uh, try to start arguments. We don't go around and try to stir the pot. But we do want to speak up for the Lord Jesus Christ. To be silent when souls are in the balance is sin. To not speak out truth and righteousness when we ought to, it's sin. To keep silent when we are commanded to speak up is sin. When God says, go tell, and we don't go tell, then that's sin. And when you and I fail to speak up for the Lord and our conscience is smitten and we realize we've let a, an opportunity pass us by, when that happens, we need to admit it to God. Lord, I failed you. I'm sorry. That's sin. Forgive me. Help me, Lord, to speak up and to stand up when the time comes. And the Lord is, is graceful. The Lord is merciful. And the Bible says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You say, now preacher, what are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about you and me. I'm talking about the, the preacher, the Sunday school teacher. I'm talking about every Christian, whether you're in school or at work or a housewife. There are opportunities that come our way throughout the week where we can talk to people about the Lord Jesus Christ. It might be on a phone call. It might be at a restaurant. It might be at work. Wherever it, it, it comes and the Lord kind of taps us on the shoulder and, and we feel that inclination from the Holy Spirit to talk someone about their soul or to talk to someone uh, about church and give somebody a Bible track, we need to take advantage of that and do it because if the Lord's working on your heart to say something to them, you can be guaranteed that the Lord is already working on their heart and God's going to make them receptive in the way that he can. And so we need to take advantage and speak up when there's times to witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you would look back during the last week or two, you probably could see some times where you could have spoken up for the Lord and you didn't. I'm saying, well, hey, that's the past. You can't do anything about that. Just confess it to the Lord. Lord, I should have spoken up. Lord, help me next time to have the courage to speak up. Help me next time to be ready. That's why we have church and Sunday school classes and uh, discipleship classes to teach us to be ready, as the verse said, to give an answer. Ready when the time comes that we can give an answer for people's questions. People all around us are suffering and going through hurt 
You don't know what the other person is going through that you're going to bump into today at the restaurant or this week uh, during uh, work or when you go to the grocery store. You have no idea the, the past or the things that they're going through, but God does. And so when God taps you on the spiritual shoulder and says, hey, give them a track, speak up and talk to them, encourage them a little bit, invite them to church, then you need to do that because if we don't, if we don't speak up when we should, I believe the Bible calls it the sin of silence. It's a sin of silence. We're not speaking up when we ought to. So to keep silent when we should speak up, it's a sin. How many of you remember the Wizard of Oz? How many of you don't remember the Wizard of Oz? How many of you aren't going to raise your hands? All right. Thank you. The Wizard of Oz, there was one of the characters was called the cowardly what? Now we all know lions should be brave and they have that roar and they're called the king of the jungle. But this lion was cowardly. He was so afraid, he was afraid of his own shadow. And I'm afraid we have some cowardly Christians going around. And just like that, that cowardly lion was just afraid of everything. Too many of us find ourselves fearful fearful of the world, fearful of what people might think or what the reaction we might get or fearful of what uh, of our, our peer group. And so because of fear, which is one of Satan's greatest tools, because of fear, we don't speak up when the opportunity presents itself. There's a time to speak up, but there's also time to be quiet. All right, to be silent. Right. <laughs> Almost got you. And so we need to speak up. In uh, 1 Timothy, or excuse me, 2 Timothy chapter 4, we read these words, verses 1 through 5. Paul said this, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus, whom, the, whom shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. He's talking to Timothy. He says, I'm giving you a challenge. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove. That means correct people when they're wrong. Exhort. Rebuke and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they shall not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Teachers who like to hear somebody say, oh, that was really good, boy, I like that. That was a good joke, hey, that was a good point. And so teachers will say what people want to hear. We see that in churches across our country today. And they shall turn away their ears, listen to this, they shall Turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. This age, we're seeing these things come to pass. We're seeing where people are turning away from the truth and turning unto book reading and fables and they plug their ears to the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. There's a departure from the truth. People today will tolerate anything but the truth. We see it in politics. We see it in religion. We see it in daily living. Yet, we are still challenged to speak the truth in love. You and I as Christians are challenged not to remain silent just because the truth might be unpopular. The silence of Bible-believing Christians today is almost deafening. Preachers who are not preaching from the pulpit the things that need to be preached. Christians that shrink away from the duty that God has given us. Look at the rest of this uh, verse, or just listen to it here as he continues on. The Apostle Paul says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. 
Paul said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course and I've kept the faith. And henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day. Listen, and not to me only, not to me only, but to all them that love his appearing. Do thy diligence. He says, Timothy, be diligent. Stay on this. Speak up when you can speak up. And he says, because there's coming a time of rewarding. There's coming a payday someday. There's coming a time, as Brother Dan said a little bit ago, harvest time. You say, well, preacher, what is it you're saying? What are we supposed to speak up to? The gospel. Give people the word of God. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. We'll learn how to do it. And listen, if you, if you feel like, well, I can't give the whole gospel, I can't lead somebody to the Lord, you and I, we all can plant seeds. We can give somebody, we can plant a little seed here and a little seed there. And as we heard in the illustration about sowing and reaping, the more we sow, the more we're going to reap. And so take those opportunities as they come your way. Talk to people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Mention to them that, that there's a Savior. You've got to, listen, you and I have the greatest message the world has ever known. We're sinful. We're on our way to hell. We deserve the fires of hell. We deserve to be separated from God because of our sin. But God so loved the world. You and I and our neighbors and the people we work with and your family members, he loved them and died for them. And we get to carry that message. Hey, God loves you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to save your soul. He wants to take you to heaven when you leave this earth. What a wonderful message we have for people. Don't be afraid to share that with people. That's good news. People open up the newspaper, look it on their, their phone and look at bad news all day. You might be that bright good news that they need to lift them up and cheer them up and encourage them to trust Jesus Christ as Savior. In Acts chapter 5, we read this about the early disciples. Verse 27, they are arrested and brought in before the council. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, listen what they told him. Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. These disciples, they had been ordered by the council, don't preach in his name, don't teach in his name, don't talk about Jesus. But they said, man, we can't stop. We just got to talk about Jesus. He's the most important thing in my life. I've got to tell people about salvation and about hope and about heaven. And they just shared Jesus and they filled Jerusalem with that doctrine. And Peter stood up with the apostles and he said, we ought to obey God rather than men. We ought to obey God rather than men. And he went on to preach and he said, this Jesus is the one that you hanged. He's the one that you crucified. And he preached to them. And, the, and down in verse 33, the evidence of what took place, the Bible says, and when he preached to them, they were cut to the heart. It convicted them. You and I need to preach the truth to people. People might not like to hear it. They might not to hear, like to hear that there's a heaven and a hell and that Buddha is dead and, and Muhammad is dead and Muslims are, are on their way to hell and that they're on their way to hell. People don't like to hear that. But if it's the truth, they need to hear it so that they'll see the grace of God and get saved. So what are we doing about it? This week, I'm not talking about last week. We can't change last week or last month. But this week, you and I will have opportunities to talk to people about Christ. Back in the back, there's a track, uh, a rack of tracks. And pick up some of those tracks and have them in your purse. 
and uh, in your pocket and have those tracks with you. Put them in your car, put them up above the visor. When you go through a drive-through, you can just grab it and say, hey, did you get some good news today? Uh, here, I'd like to give you this. There's some good Bible verses here. Whatever you might use and start sowing some seed. You never know what seed is going to be uh, harvested, what's going to take place. But it's our opportunity this week. Listen, the devil's trap of silence, the devil's trap of silence is a demonic trap. He wants to trap you into fear, anxiety, and get you to not speak up for Jesus Christ. Our flesh yields to that. Our flesh is fearful. And because of that fear, we don't speak up. Our personality yields to that. We want to be popular. And we know that if we speak up for the Lord Jesus Christ, we might be ostracized. We might be set apart a little bit from the crowd. Our mind yields to that trap of Satan and, and wants to be silent because of peer pressure. We're afraid of what our friends might say or how they might treat us. It's a deadly trap. And, and uh, Jesus tells us uh, that it's a trap. And the Old Testament tells us that the life and death is in the power of the tongue. In James chapter 3, he talks about that, how important the tongue is and how the tongue can be used uh, good or bad. And he uses the example of fire. You and I appreciate the power of fire. It is fire that gives us light right here in this auditorium today. It is through the power of fire that we have the electricity that runs uh, most of the things we have today. Your car, you didn't get here in your car without fire. You fired it up and those pistons uh, fired and so forth to get you here. Fire can be used rightly. At home, you'll go home and you'll cook on a stove with some fire. Uh, and it can be used rightly, but we are all very familiar with fire that has gone rampant. Fires that are burning right now in Canada, and we have the smoke here in our area because of that. And fires that we've seen up in our state last year and the years before, and how fire can be so destructive. And James said, hey, that's how our tongue is. It can either be tamed and used rightly, or it can be loosened and used wrongly. There's a time to keep silence. There's a time to speak up. We need to use our tongues right. Sometimes we need to be silent because under pressure we might say something we really shouldn't say. We might say something that's negative or hurtful or uh, unloving. Or we might <clears throat> speak something out of line and say something out of emotion. And those are times we need to be silent. Or maybe what we have on our mind is not true. There's a little bit of untruth to it. And we need to keep our mouth zipped Maybe it's when we're tempted to gossip and say something a little negative about somebody else. Here's a statement your mother taught you. If you can't say something good, don't say anything at all, okay? And so we need to learn that there's a time to speak up and a time to be silent. It's always right to speak the truth in love. It's always right to speak good and righteousness. Many of the popular preachers today, the mega churches, they'd lose their crowd if they really got up and preached the truth today. They would lose their popularity. You and I need to be thankful for our pastor. We need to be thankful for this church that stands on the Word of God, preaches the truth, preaches it in love, teaches the right doctrine, and, and uh, we can be thankful that we have a pastor who's willing to speak up to whether, whether a 
uh, somebody on Skid Row is sitting in the front row or the governor was sitting in the front row, he would say the very same things. And we need to be thankful for that, but not all churches are like that. Many today have seared their conscience to the truth of the sin of silence. And they become silent because of fear, because of fear of pop losing their popularity or whatever it might be. In Isaiah 58, God talked about the watchman. You're called to be a watchman up on the wall and when you see danger coming, sound the signal. In Isaiah 56, he said of the pastors in that day, he said, many of the pastors today are dumb dogs. They're not speaking up when they ought to. And we see a lot of this going on today in our society where preachers are not speaking up when they should. And Christians, you and I are not speaking up when we should. A couple of final verses. Matthew chapter 5, uh, excuse me, Matthew chapter 10, and then uh, we'll be over in, in uh, someplace else we'll be done. Matthew chapter 10, verse number 32. You're familiar with it. Matthew 10, 32, and he says this. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, this is Jesus speaking, him will I also confess before my Father, which is in heaven. Do you get that? Are you willing to speak up for Christ? He says, you're willing to speak up for me. He says, I'll speak up for you. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to bring peace on earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. For I come to set a man at variance against his father. And he goes on, father against son, mother against daughter, and so forth. He says, you're going to have some opposition here. When you start speaking up for me, there's going to be people in your own family, people that you care about, who are going to resist you because you're speaking the truth. That's why Paul says, speak it in love. Do it with a loving heart. Don't do it judgmentally. You're not to be judgmentally about people. You're to speak up the truth in love. And then in Matthew chapter 5, <clears throat> we read this. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of things against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. He said, hey, just look back. This is Jesus. He says, look back at the history. Look at all the prophets. Look how they suffered. But they got a great reward in heaven. That ought to encourage you and I to speak up for the Lord. Speak up when it's time to speak up. And speak up for the Lord Jesus Christ because there are rewards in heaven. He goes on to say, hey, ye are the salt of the earth. If the salt hath lost its savor, what good is it? Just to be thrown out and trampled under feet of men. Christians are no good if we're not letting Christ live through us and letting him uh, shine through us. And if we're not uh, using the salt to salt the earth, if we're not flavoring the world with Christianity, and he goes on to say, ye are the light of the world. Therefore, let your light so shine before men that they might glorify your Father which is in heaven. We're to let the light of Christ shine through, that Christ might be seen in us. The hope of glory. People need to see that Jesus Christ can make a difference in their life. We need to speak up for right and against wrong, against sin. We need to speak out against those who are murdering people. 
Did you know in this world right now, while we're freely assembling here, there are some Christians who are being persecuted and perhaps even killed in other countries for their faith? We need to speak up for them. We need to be praying for other Christians in other areas. Oh, they might not be Baptists. They might not uh, ascribe to everything that we do, but they love the Lord Jesus Christ. They're Christians. They're part of the family of God. And we need to be praying for them and speaking up for them. And we need to be uh, understanding that we have freedoms to still speak up here and do that. Speak out against Sharia law and that kind of stuff. Speak, speak out against abortion, which is murder. Speak out against pedophiles and pornography and these things that, that we know are sin in our society. We need to speak out against those things. One of the reasons these things just kind of run rampant is the reality of this, another old saying, the squeaky wheel gets the what? Grease. Grease. And you know who's squeaky out there? Those people who are involved in all those sins and the sodomites and so forth. And they speak up and, and because of that, uh, legislatures lean toward them because we Christians are not speaking up and standing up for those things that are right. Micaiah took a stand in 1 Kings chapter 22. All the other preachers said, and prophet said, oh, go ahead, go ahead. But he stood up, he said, I'm only going to say what God tells me to say. And they came to him and they warned him. They said, you need to say what we're saying. You need to agree with us. He said, I'm just going to say what God tells me to say. And he stood up and he spoke the truth. And because of that, he was cast into prison. And as far as we know, he died in prison. But he spoke the truth and what he said came true. The kings went on to battle and they were defeated and died in battle and what he had prophesied came true. We need to not compromise with there, but always speak the truth, but in love. Speak the truth. For example, abortion is murder. That's true. It's a little baby that's being murdered in the womb is where it ought to be safe, but we speak it in love. Hey, God is still a forgiving God. God still loves those who've performed the abortions, those who've had the abortions. God loves them and there's room for forgiveness and healing and moving on from there and having a good, wholesome, successful Christian life in spite of. Hey, look at the Bible. Moses was a murderer. Paul was a murderer. Even King David was a murderer. And yet those three wrote probably a half of our Bible. God still uses people even though we falter and we fail and we all do that. One last passage and it's found over in Ezekiel. And uh, I don't know if any, oh yeah, I do have it marked here, Ezekiel. And I want to read this to you. It's so very important. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at thy mouth and give them warning from me. God says, hey, listen, I'm giving you something. I want you to give out a warning. And this applies to us in this way of witnessing as Christians today. Listen to what he says. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to him to warn the wicked man of his wicked way to save his life. That same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. Yet if thou warn the wicked and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. He's saying, listen, it's not up to you whether they accept the truth or not. It's just up to you to give them the truth. 
It's not up to you if they receive Jesus Christ or if they come and attend the church or if they, if they turn to the Lord. That's not up to you. But it's up to you and I to give them the opportunity to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ and to trust him as personal Savior. There's a time to speak up and there's a time to be silent. Too many of us have taken that time to be silent. We've been silent too long in our lives. We can't go back and change it, but we can go forward and begin speaking up for Jesus Christ, even today, handing somebody a track or talking to your friends or calling that loved one on the phone and telling them, hey, I love you. And I want you to know the greatest thing that ever happened in my life was when I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. He forgave my sin. I'm on my way to heaven. I want you to know the same joy that I have and sharing that good news with those all about us, like every head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.